Welcome back to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks. This is the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor-customer relationship. I'm George K. with the vendor side. And I'm George A., a Chief Information Security Officer. So we launched this podcast about two months ago. Really pleased with the results so far. But since that time, George, you and I seem to have gotten even more bafflingly poor sales pitches george i'm not gonna lie to you man like the quality of pitches i've gotten since we started this thing is comparable to like the quality of my voice the last couple weeks while i've been fighting with whatever this head and chest Mm -hmm. flu that's been killing me it's been uh to, to everyone who are our listeners I, I i wholeheartedly apologize for just how garbage my voice sounded i was on the verge of death but we have really cool guests and uh, I tried to keep professional as best as I could. But to the point, I mean, that level of, of just garbage quality, that's what we're seeing in our inboxes every day. We're not making this up, guys. It's wild. Yeah, I don't think a day goes by that you and I don't share some sort of screenshot or just awful anecdote about. Well, I think it's mostly laughter, but it's it's bad. Um, so. Here we go. We're going to call this a cage match episode. Uh, you and I, we're going to go after some of these bad practices. It's going to be fun. It's going to be loud. We're going to curse a lot. Um, but as ever, we'll come around with some bra- brass tacks, some practical answers, because we're not here to just kvetch. So, um, George, you sent me some hilarious stuff over the past few weeks. So why don't you start? <laughs> Yeah, so let's just say there's a there's a vendor from or there's a there's a sales guy from a, a very well known, um, you know, global level snake oil sales uh, or <laughs> vendor. We call him that. I mean, look, their product sucks. Like we're 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 gonna obviously not get sued or liable, but the fact is that it's a well known um, thing within technical leads in the industry that their product is absolute garbage. But their sales folks, where they clearly seem to invest the most in their in their organization, they'll come after you. Um, and so this guy has been constantly bothering me, constantly bothering me. And what I didn't realize was that somehow he had also acquired uh, the email address of my sock manager. So he, uh, you know, talked to me at one point and he was like, hey, and one of the emails, and I, sometimes I'll, I'll just read them. Like if I have a minute, like I'll be like, okay, is the dude sent me six emails in a row. Is there anything actually worth reading? He'll be like, hey, so uh, I, I talked to your sock manager. And he'll get, drop the guy by name. And be like, he said, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he wanted to see a demo and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Because, you know, like everyone else, like I'm going through budgetary season. And, and everything mm-hmm. that we want to do from a tech plan has been thoroughly reviewed. And like, we're aligned. Like I don't, I don't do this thing in the dark. I'm not... I'm not a CISO king. Like I'm a collaborator. Right? I sit with my my team and we figure out like, okay, dudes, what do we want to do for the next year? What can we afford? And so these types of decisions are are taken very seriously and, and they're scrutinized. There's a lot of due diligence involved. So for this guy to come up to me and be like, hey, so I was talking to your sock manager and he said he wanted to give you guys a demo. I'm like, you know, I talk to my sock manager every single day and you guys have just never come up. <laughs> so I asked him, like my, my manager, and I said, hey, man, so uh, I literally took a screenshot of it and I sent him, sent him the message. And he was like, dude, I don't, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Like I ran into them at a conference and uh, I you know, just politely said, yeah, maybe we'll look at a demo later on because I just didn't want to talk to him anymore. And so I realized like, oh, so they took his email from the swipe pass, like yeah. you know, from mm-hmm. the conference badge. And then he just, he just connected the dots like, oh, 
oh, so George works at Ruby and this guy works at Ruby. They probably work together. I, I can do this. I can, I can get the one guy. They'll confuse him. I'll confuse him into the pitch. And, and you're just like, okay, okay, this level of thirst, this level of desperation. I mean, my, my sock manager and I had a, had a good laugh about it. You know, I mean, that's, that's all fine and good. But at the same time, I remember messaging it back to you being like, George, like, how friggin' desperate are these people, man? It's absolutely gross. Yeah, I mean, I think what stood out to me is, you know, from the vendor side, like, how long do you think that's going to go on? Like, don't you think that these two probably talk to each other on the daily and they're going to be like, they're just going to check that story real quick? Like, I don't know. I guess I don't even understand, like, why the subterfuge? Like, why even try that? Yeah, it's it's just, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And, and it's, I think at the end of the day as well, it's it's a bit dehumanizing because, you know, like, like no one's no one's going to spend a uh, hundred thousand dollars or a quarter million mm-hmm. dollars or hell no one's going to spend two dollars on something from someone who makes them feel used who makes them feel like you know oh this person's an idiot i can just want you know run one over on right. them and and that's effectively the message that that salesperson was sending is that hey like i'm smarter than you guys i'm going to dupe you guys into this thing and lo and behold you're going to be in my sales cycle and you know the fact of the matter is like we're, we're in security. Our entire job is to sniff out bullshit. So like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say before we move on this particular vendor in four years, I think since I first ran into them at a conference in the UK, I have not heard one person in any of my circles say a nice thing about them. So I guess what I'm confused about is eventually don't they run out of customers? (laughs) Like, I mean, like where's the market going to go? Well, I think they probably have some public sector clients, um, maybe in the UK Mm. and Europe. And that's probably what keeps their ship afloat. Cause you know, if you're aggressive enough with your marketing and you can, you know, convince the right Dodo and the right decision-making authority to to make a purchase decision. And they know that, you know, they're leaving the job in a year because it's time for their next post or whatever. Then yeah, you know, then you you have that money. It's kind of like when you're in the consulting world, like when I used to work in there, um, I used to see some of the contracts that the big consulting firms would get. And uh, you're just like, they, they never deliver on any of this. Like I know this, because mm-hmm. if you're working at a medium-sized firm, you end up getting a subcontract to do the work that the big firms get the big profit <laughs> for. And I think it's a lot of the same thing in vendor world as well. All right, yeah. All right, well, uh, let's move on to one that, really irks me is I am still getting pitches for things that are either completely irrelevant to the company I work for, or, and this is the best part, shit that competes with what we do. So it's so like, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I guess I just want to like take them by the shoulders and be like, you're wasting so much time and energy. Like, you know, our sales model doesn't support that MarTech. Um, what you're offering me is what I do for other people. So what is the basic level of research that either isn't happening or I, I just don't, it's just, uh, it's just baffling. I, 
sometimes I reply. Sometimes I'm like, look, I think we compete on this. <laughs> and then it just goes dead. Or sometimes like, yeah, that we don't need that at all. We Our sales model is completely different. Or I don't know. It's just cursory level research, I guess. Yeah, I think, again, it comes down to that spray and pray type mentality where, you know, they just, they see your name, they see your title, and they're just running like a like a blanket Boolean search on that. And they're just going to send you the pitch and it's, it's going to be a script. And, um, you know, that's, that's one thing I, I try to look for is, was this thing authentically written? Like, did they actually type this thing out themselves or was it a copy mm-hmm. job? And you can really tell because you know, I, I get I get the same thing sometimes. And sometimes I actually, I get the same thing where they've just modified one or two words, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I work for, for an online dating company and there are some products that are like specific to that space. And, um, you know, I, I just look at them and I'm like, hey, so um, I get it that you're pushing like affiliate sales. I'm the head of security. Why in the world do you think <laughs> I want to deal with SEOs? Right. Just for a second. Yes. Like, dude, I'm yes. fucking CISO. Like, why do you yeah. think I want to deal with SEOs? That is not my world. And like, yeah. we have a great team of folks internally who deal with that. And if you're not part of their pipeline, like, piss off. Yeah. That's just like the basic ICP. Like, I found somebody with a C at the beginning of their title. I'm going to email that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. I... Yeah, it's real. It's real strange. But you brought up a good point about dehumanizing, right? Because I do think, you know, the sales model is about numbers and maybe that's what they're working on. That's the stress they're under. But yeah, if you game it out, okay, so let's say they actually do take the call. Cool. And they take the demo. Cool. And we go to POV. Great. Like just game it all the way out to like signed SOW. Like what is the feeling that's going to exist between you two? Is it one where they felt like they were strong armed into it or, you know, partnership or I mean, I just like, what does that look like? What does that well, end state other, look like? The other thing too, is I think sales folks have to understand, like, you know, in my position, I, I have to be a technologist. And so even in my conversation with my CIO, like we're assessing a bunch of different solutions mm-hmm. at a given time, whether something's going up for renewal or whether we're looking at a new technology we want to acquire. And part of that discovery process is a lot of demos, a lot of education because, you know, we're, no one can know everything and anything at all right. the time. So sometimes like I'll engage with certain vendors, be like, Hey, look, I'm not saying like, I'm looking to buy this thing. Now I am interested in a demo. I'd like to know what you're about. And like, if it makes sense afterwards, like we'll move forward, but otherwise just, this is an opportunity for you to play show and tell and show us what you got. And it's yeah. part of an education process for us, which is, you know, responsible due diligence and, you know, security leadership. But a lot of sales folks just see that as an opportunity and they get aggressively, I think, pushed um, either by their organization or it's just that's the nature that they are. They think, oh, okay, no, this is my chance to get them. Like I have a warm opening, I can get them. And it's just like, hey, man, like I have transparently framed what this mm-hmm. conversation is from the start. I've set the boundaries and they just completely disregard it. So you're like, dude, if I can't even trust you to like, just give me a demo without trying to drive a POV and and an SLA down my throat, then like, you know, I don't want to do business with you because this is not a relationship I want to deal with for one to three years. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very real. Yeah. I mean, I think if you set the boundaries early, let's, again, you said at the beginning, I think in the first podcast, right? Like if this behavior would be anomalous bordering on psychotic in the real world (laughs) like you know like let's let's try to bring a little bit more reality to it Uh, that does 
uh, remind me of the one you sent me. It was an email from a BDR from a vendor asking for a first meeting, but you're already in a POC with, <laughs> with the same vendor. That one was funny. Yeah, that, that drove me nuts. Like, there's one thing that pisses me off, man. It's like, look, if you're in a sales organization and you're pushing a product and you already have a relationship in place, like, figure it out, man. Figure it out. It's not my job to, like, sort out your disorganizational mess uh, mm. as a company, right? So if you already have a, a POC running and we already have a conversation going and we're already talking numbers and we already have an NDA, you coming at me cold like that, is indicative of, okay, as a vendor, your organization sucks. Like whatever the hell's happening under the hood, it's not like, like the hand is not talking to the body and vice versa. <laughs> so I, I really just, it, it immediately, and I think with that vendor specifically, I'm, I'm going to end up like we're going to finish the POC or whatever, and I'm going to end up walking away because it's just a lot of these shooting yourselves in the foot, kind of like unforced errors. And when you're seeing unforced errors before there's a contract in place, there's no friggin' way I'm going to put my security operation or my customer's data on the line with U-turns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Trust us. The, the live tenant will be better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, that actually, that's a great segue. Um, because you had a different story about a, a relationship abuse. Is that what we're going to call it? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really weird, man. Like I have, um, look, I got on this pod with you and, and sometimes I shit all over bad sales folks. But the fact of the matter is there are, I have a ton of great relationships with really, really talented salespeople. And, you know, I, I value those partnerships so much. I mean, they're, they're the make and break mm-hmm. of me achieving my strategic plans. Um, you know, one of those key relationships one time uh, fairly recently, um, they had reached out to me like, hey, man, look, like I know a guy. Um, He's just asking for an intro. Like that's all, like that's, that's all it was framed, framed to them. Mm-hmm. And they came to me with that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Like I know the organization, like I already like unbeknownst to, to them, like I already had a relationship with that organization that was like right. longstanding, a bunch of like people I used to work with work there. Like I, mm-hmm. I know their, their CISO, I know folks at their office at CISO and like, you know, there's just, if, if I needed something from them, I already have like the, the, tunnel in place and you know like there's conversations that just no one else is really party to that i already have like hey if i need certain services like i'll turn to you guys it's all good that that comes from years in the industry and and you have those relationships and you carry them forward so you know i took the call just because like out of respect to my friend in sales and out of respect to the organization the friends i have there i was like yeah you know it's fine sure take the call i get on and i'm ambushed because like it's not just dude it's like dudes brought on like Two other dudes and like they're straight up it's a straight up discovery call and they're they're trying to put the menu on me <laughs> and i'm like i came into this like dude i took this call in the middle of my busy ass day because i thought we were gonna have a genuine conversation because you know like I, I thought we we're gonna meet up at some point like we might grab a coffee or something and like like i thought we were gonna try to build something where it's like hey you know what if if i need something from from you guys then maybe i can turn to you too and have that that trust build i i i made myself vulnerable and opened myself up to right that. Right. And I immediately was like, yo, Keska fuck, man. Like, what are you doing? I went back to my friend and I was like, dude, what do you do? What do you do? Like, did you just try to screw me over like this? Like, I was mad at my friend. My friend was like, right. no, nah, man, no, no, no. This was not, this was not how it was framed at all. You know, and I talked to some of my friends who were already at that organization too. And they apologized. They're like, yeah, sorry, man. That wasn't, 
that wasn't on. Like even they acknowledged that it wasn't on, you know? So to me, it was just a telltale sign of like, that is abusing the network of friends that people have. And so now this individual, like, I'm just like, cool. Like I'm, it's going to be real hard pressed for me to even respond to this guy if they ever uh, email me or reach out again. Yeah. I mean, I feel sorry for that guy on some level because he just burned it both ways. <laughs> like Internally in his organization, I can't imagine what hell he caught from leadership on down, right? Because he's jeopardizing, you know, an, their entire relationship with you. Um, but but then, yeah, in the in the short term, he also burned the relationship with like that immediate friend. I mean, that guy is not going to trust him anymore either it's just that's really bad mojo like across the board super oh but yeah but that that is like that pales in comparison to that creepy holy frig that creepy thing that you sent me i'm like bro (laughs) bro they're gonna turn you into a lampshade bro don't do it don't respond man (laughs) send a search party out for you man this is my favorite story and it's the inspiration for today's episode title (laughs) so uh, in full transparency, it didn't happen to me, but it happened to somebody in the organization. Um, and I'm going to try We're an audio, so I'm going to try to explain it to you, right? So it's your average sort of cold outreach BDR touch point. And then at the bottom, it says, P.S., just a picture of how our call is going to look like. I mean, never mind that that English is iffy so let's make it happen smiley face and there's a picture of who i presume is the bdr with their laptop turned toward the camera holding a mug of something and just full screen linkedin profile photo (laughs) and it's gives me the willies it's so creepy and yes you are right if you take that meeting that person's going to turn you into a lampshade because that is just some weird gimmicky level of substance. I mean, I have two reactions. The first is revulsion. Uh, the second is I kind of feel sorry for the BDR because my inner question is, you know, one, who put you up to this? Because <laughs> you're clearly very young, frontline, maybe fresh out of college, just guessing from the photo. And the security-minded individual and myself is like, don't send pictures of yourself to random people, like just basic OPSEC. That's weird. It's like your house. It's like your surroundings. It's just, it's just bad all around. Super creepy, super funny, but mostly creepy. <laughs> it's it's mostly terrible, admittedly. Like, <laughs> look, I, I have like, like clouds in the background here. Cause like yeah. people think like, I like, I like painted this. I did not. Like I bought this house. I think this used to be a nursery. It's really cute. It makes me happy to look at. So I keep it. Um, but then, you know, I get people commenting on it and I'm just like, I don't know, man, like, don't, don't comment on stuff in my house. Like I don't, I don't talk about <laughs> your house. Like yeah. I, and I don't, I don't feel the need to like have that weird, like zoom effect where like mm-hmm. they fade out their background. Like, look, whatever, man, like yeah. you just have a meeting and like, it's fine. But when people, I think don't understand where the line is between like, Hey, we're going to have an interaction where we're working remotely. So you get a peek into someone's home life. Mm-hmm. You know, like if someone's kid comes in the camera and they're doing funny kid things, like that's a different story. Like whatever, that's cute. Yeah. That's cool. If you're going out of your way to like use that or, or try right. to take advantage of that and use them to like 
connection on that because i remember specifically when you showed me that and it's just like okay so like they're basically saying that they're like like laying down hey i'm gonna stalk you into this sale that's yeah. that's what i kind of took from that yeah. message exchange mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god man like forget being security experts like i just as the like a basic like i worked in bars for 10 years dude like if I saw someone talking to another patron like that, I'd have tossed them out on their, on their ass myself. Like that's, it's yeah. just, it's not acceptable in any other context in life. What in the hell makes you think where you're selling hundred thousand dollar software that this is any bit better than like trying to creep someone out for free drinks or something? Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, what am I going to do? I'm just going to creep you into the first discovery like again where is that relationship going like oh the gimmick's gonna work i don't know it's that was bananas um but uh it was was a bad scene um all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll get down to brass tacks If you like what you hear, subscribe today. Tune into past episodes like our interview with Neil Saltman, a cybersecurity sales leader who has literally written the book on how to sell the CISOs. And we're back. All right. It's brass tax time. We've uh, bloodied our knuckles, done with the cage match. You've heard us unload and, you know, we got a lot of stories. So this is just part one. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'll start brass tacks. First and foremost, let's insist that you do more than a cursory glance at someone's LinkedIn profile. We have said previously, and our guests have said this as well, try to understand the business. Okay. That's fine. But also understand the role. You beat me to the punch, right? You have affiliate marketers reaching out to you, which is just weird. But like in cybersecurity on the vendor side, we wouldn't be sending emails about operationalizing threat intel to like the GRC manager. I mean, that's like the level of detail you got to know about your account because otherwise it's going to land either in LinkedIn or an email and they're going to be like, what? Anyway, there's my first recommendation it's really about building legitimate connection with someone instead of spamming them with different versions of the same type of request over and over and over again, you know, like understand that they probably saw your messages pop up the first two or three times and have likely chosen not to respond. Yeah. Or, you know, shit got busy and they just (laughs) didn't, they just forgot it just, you know, fell into the black hole that is everyone's inbox these days. Um, but yeah, connection first, uh, and I mean, real human connection, not necessarily connection request. Um, I have been getting a lot of connection requests that say, Hey, love the podcast. I have noted that they're not mentioning which one. So they just see like podcasts in the title. And they're like, Hey, love the podcast. Would love to get some time to talk about insert tech here. That's right. So now I feel like you're just using my interests against me because those two things are non sequitur. They well, don't, that, that pisses me right off. I've gotten a few of those too, man. I'm like, uh, I, I made this podcast specifically to shit on people like you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have seen your I have seen your DM responses. They are uh, 
sufficiently flamethrower. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think, you know, one of these things that I've started to do recently is if, if I get a connection request uh, sent to me and it's by somebody in security, one, I'm flattered. Thank you. Two, you know, I'll just message back. I'll say like, Hey, thanks for connecting. Appreciate it. I post about a lot of random things. Um, sometimes it's news. Sometimes it's this, you know, if there are any topics that you want to know more about or want to be tagged in, let me know. I've just tried to do that recently. And I have gotten a few responses. Someone's like, I'm super into like cloud security architecture. And I'm like, okay, duly noted. Like I mm. won't, you know, tag you in a post about, oh, you know, ransomware you or whatever. I've started a genuine conversation that could be interesting. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, like, look, man, the number of times I get asked to participate in like forums and roundtables that have absolutely zero relevance to me, my interests or my business. Like, George, my man, like, if I wanted to check out your weird online event with people <laughs> that I've never heard of before from companies that I don't know, I'd have taken the effort to sign up and waste my own time of my own free will. But you're a CISO. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, so you've seen that the other the meme that's going around this year with the Halloween costumes, like the CISO yes. one, yeah, yeah, the sock manager. Shield, it's just like conference badge included. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's my life, dude. That's my life. On point, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've I've started to post conference, you know, even send out things to say like, I get it. We scanned your bed. Like I try to acknowledge the dance a little bit, like. Hey, this is what we're about. If you're interested, you know, we're here, but not like I scanned your badge. Therefore you have budget. Therefore you want to buy and you have a need right now. <laughs> Again, I think that's, you got to understand how much that's appreciated, man. Like, even if like, if I, if I, if I just met you on a vendor floor and whatever, and like you did that to me, I would actually have a lot more consideration and respect for you because it's like, okay, cool. Like, He's not chasing after me. They have a service catalog. He's like, here's the service catalog. If you're looking for what we do, we're really good at this, this, and this, whatever. I also happen to post about this kind of stuff too, totally unrelated to sales. And I actually have another uh, vendor that like, I'm genuinely interested in their product. Mm -hmm. um, and he's kind of opened up on that conversation as well. Um, uh, I think he's given us a shout out in the, in the show. I got to actually reach back to him. I've been sick for the last few weeks. Oliver Human, you're an awesome dude. I met you at Black Hat, man. Um, you know, he's got to talk about some stuff with me that's like completely unrelated to sales stuff, but he also happens to be at a company that has a really cool product as well. But yeah. that's an example of someone who like, it's a genuine conversation and he's created like multiple levels to it. And, and, you know, he's not weird about it. He's a cool dude. And I met him in person and I'm like, Hey, you're, you're actually a cool dude. And that's, that's all it takes in this industry, man. Like the, the line between like getting in and then just being rejected is literally just the energy and the vibe that you convey. You really have to be cognizant of that. Yeah. And I think the spectrum is, we were talking before we hit record, is probably between the corner cutters at the low end, right? Because they maybe they don't even learn about the product. They're just like, here's this thing. I learned how to sell it. You know, have at it. Here's the script. Versus those who are curious, right? Like, I don't know this person, but sounds like he must be genuinely curious about cyber, about people to you know, just take that extra step to get to know you, right? Just be curious. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, you're you going to say something? And that's, that's kind of like, you know, sometimes I know you like talking about like gimmicks, right? Like mm -hmm. they love coming at you with gimmicks. 
this is like another thing that really drives me nuts. Like sometimes folks, maybe you've met them once or twice, or maybe you have like a very like shallow level connection with them. And they're trying to reach out to you to like springboard into your network. Like, you know, like they'll, they'll reach out and be like, Hey, can you like, or Hey, like, I know that you're part of this organization or this, this board or whatever. Do you mind like connecting me with this person? Or, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, but like, so you want me to like basically enable your cold connection into a, a semi-warm connection to potentially push product that I don't even know that I can't speak. So I got to put my reputation on the line with yeah. people that I've taken the time to build a reputation with. So you could try to push your shitty, shitty wares on them. And I'm like, it's just, it screams of a certain level of just like, dude, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, and I, and I get so many of those, man. So many of those just from people that I've met, like maybe once or twice. And like, look, if you ever meet me in person, like the, the people who listen to the podcast and like, you know, think I'm just like some, some horribly mean, salty sea. So like I'm, I'm, I'm generally a salty fuck. I agree. But like, I, I tend to think I'm a pretty nice person to hang out with and I'm, I'm pretty mild mannered about things. Like, you know, you, you've met me before. Like I'm, yep. I'll hang out in the back of the room. I'll pay attention to what's going on. And if there's someone I want to talk to, I'll just come up to you and say, hi, like I'm not, yeah. I'm not some big deal dude like this. So it's very, very off putting to me when someone just has no respect for that, no respects to, to the relationships that I have. And they just think that they can kind of pull one over on me and try to use them. Like I'm not, I don't know, man, I don't think that like, that kind of thing is like not cool too, but that's another example of just folks not, taking the basics of emotional intelligence into account when trying to mm -hmm. conduct their business development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would just say whether it's the network springboard, it's the creepy stalker coffee chat BDR photo. Um, if it feels creepy, don't do it. You got to have that spidey sense, right? Like you wouldn't do that to any, in any other context of your life, you probably feel weird. So it, if you do that, and, and I would say, again, I, d I don't know the situation and the fairness to that PDR. If somebody's putting you onto that, like, Hey, you should send them a photo of yourself. Like you should push back because that's not real. You're not setting yourself up for success and you are bearing the brunt of that negativity. Right. So, um, so what we said here is you got to do some deep level research, make sure the role is right. Make sure there's, you know, something about the company and what they do. I mean, I'm happy to take competitor demo calls, I guess, um, make real human connections, you know, connect on interests and, uh, stop abusing people. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like again, this goes back to literally the same theme from like episode one. This whole thing is just a cocktail party that no one really wants to be yeah. at. So if yeah. you treat it like that and you treat the people involved as genuine human beings who are just trying to do their best to, to enjoy the experience and to meet some goals, meet some quotas, you know, you're going to have an absolutely outstanding time and a great career. And you're going to have a bunch of great relationships that hopefully extend well beyond the workplace. Or you're just going to have people that at least you know, don't think you're an asshole, which to me at a minimum, I don't mind that. Pretty low bar, you would think. Pretty low bar. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, as ever, stay tuned for more and be sure to subscribe to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks.